All right. Uh, so welcome to Radicalized. I'm Heidi Kuda, and um, we are here with Jim Stewartson, High Fidelity, Sean Connor. These are celebutants, uh, celebutants spelunking the gutters of disinformation, so you don't have to. Did you call us celebutants? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Celebutants. Oh, yeah. oh Lord. Celebutants. Oh, I yeah. want to be a oh, diva. Yeah. Can I be a diva? <laughs> no, Jim's, the, Jim's got that role. Damn the it. disinfo uh, gutter. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's really exciting. We're on episode three. We're so happy that everybody's joining us. It has been a wonderful ride so far. And since we are in a meme warfare, I would like to open this particular episode with a quick discussion of something that we're going to get into later called Satan Gate. Uh, Jim, can you take it away, please? <laughs> yes. Uh, over the last three days or so, there has been a an implosion in Mike Flynn world. His uh, his coalition is disintegrating, uh, it's fracturing along a specific line. And that line is defined by the people who are okay with him um, reciting a theosophical prayer by a doomsday cult leader in a Christian church and those who are not okay with that. And, you know, since I'm the guy who pointed out that he said that prayer in a Christian church, um, you know, I decided to, uh, along with Jenny Cohen, who actually came up with it, uh, call it Satan Gate. Well done. <laughs> yes. Uh, Satan Gate. Satan Gate. Kind of uh, looks I, like Mike Flynn, too, actually. It does. Uh, that that would be the beautiful art of Sean Connor. And I do see uh, tattoo artists across the country being booked right now with that incredible design. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's very important because it, it's not only evidence that the work that you and your colleagues are doing in this arena are having an impact, but it's also uh, evidence that my friend, Professor Ruth May, who was the very first to put together all of the uh, Russia GOP funding for the Dallas Morning News. She believes that evil people ultimately devour each other and eventually yeah. this is going to be okay. And I think this might be the beginning of the cannibalization. What do you guys think? Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage it as much as yeah. possible. That's all I have to say is that, look, uh, you know, the, the nice thing is all of it's true. Nobody, people are just asking questions, you know, yeah. Sort of like people ask questions about Hillary Clinton and Pizzagate, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's weird how that works, Mike. Yeah, this anyway, is a much easier question to answer. We'll talk about that more. Oh, I'm so excited! Um, yeah, Jim's hellscape is going to be extra fancy today. Uh, all right, so I would love to get right into the word or phrase of the week with our friend Hi-Fi. All right, so our uh, phrase of the week this week is cognitive hacking. And what is cognitive hacking? Cognitive hacking, uh, how can I describe it? What's a really good way? It is a attack on a person that utilizes their psychological <laughs> vulnerabilities in order to affect or change their behavior. Right, and, it's an and, exploitation of their vulnerabilities, correct? 
Correct. Correct. And and by vulnerabilities, I, I don't necessarily mean like, um, well, vulnerabilities would be your political bias, uh, your religious leanings. Uh, if you have neuroses, if uh, you have a, a, a drug addiction, if you have emotional problems, uh, relationship problems, these are all things that people can use because, because uh, they unsettle you. They can be used to exacerbate your mental state and actually yeah. change your behavior. It's yeah, my understanding. It's, it's not even necessarily that if you have problems with those things, it's just if you're in a relationship, you know, if you're a, a female from this age to this age, just general uh, consumer information that's then exploited with a particular uh, perspective or angle. Correct. And why I'm so excited that this is the word phrase of the week is that we have Brent Allpress coming up in a bit. And he was the man smart enough to look at Cambridge Analytica's bankruptcy documents and figure out who he owed, who they owed money to and what they were utilizing. And he's going to tell us more about that. But essentially, this mind virus that has been upon us for many years now is very targeted. And I know Jim knows a lot about this. Uh, what do you have to say about cognitive hacking, Jim? Yeah, I mean, in broad terms, you can describe this entire thing as cognitive hacking, right? It's figuring out a way to get a whole bunch of people to do things that are against their own best interest. That's, you know, what does it mean to hack a computer, right? You hack a computer to get it to do something that the owner of the computer did not want it to do, right? Oh. And it's the same thing here. You're you're hacking a bunch of people's brains to get them to believe shit like Donald Trump won the 2020 election, that vaccines don't work. You know, pick your your bullshit, pick your disinformation. It it's all about breaking down people's minds by hacking into yeah. it into them with, you know nonsense and, and i think it works it's, it works frighteningly well know, yes when people when people start looking at this area you know they see these fringe individuals alex jones or you know robert david Steele, whoever and those are the fringe outliers those are the ones that are testing these various techniques right how far can they push it like how far can they can they cognitively distort an argument before people start buying into it and you'll see them you'll see them pass around different techniques and, and strategies yeah. You know, and if they work, they filter into the to the main. It's 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 even easier than that, though. Uh, hey, Sean, yeah. I really like your new mustache. It looks great, man. Thank you. Is See, that exactly right there. Hack that was yeah. a cognitive hack. I, I made you feel good by complimenting your mustache. That is a cognitive hack. My it, it's just yeah. that easy. Hack my and, Thanks. Well, well. I mean, we, on the we, other uh, on the other end of that spectrum, for example, are are traumatic videos yeah, that literally dissociate you, crack your brain open so that they can pour whatever fucking bullshit they want into it and then close it back up again. That 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 is a different kind I mean yeah. that is also yeah, that's a traumatizing but it's it's you know on the other end of the spectrum from you you have a nice mustache and now can you lend me a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's clockwork orange uh, into the spectrum. Well, it's very interesting because it's so culty because they get love bombed and then they get drawn in and then the trauma videos, as Jim has explained to us many times in the past, 
uh, in his work actually are adjacent quite often to what they're trying to lure you in to buy. And suddenly before you know it, your neighbor who used to be cool uh, is becoming really uh, tweaked out on disinformation. Mm -hmm. So looking very forward to having a full discussion during Hellscape on some of these things. And when Brent comes in, it's going to be really fun. He's uh, man, you know, some of you guys have seen people you may know. He's the lead researcher on that. So we have a lot to uh, look forward to. So before we get on to uh, why it matters, High Fidelity's news block, I do want to let everybody know that our wonderful art director, engineer, co-producer, Sean Connor, got us up on Spotify podcast. So we are officially a podcast. Everybody can go ahead and just you know, uh, look us up on Radicalized Podcast on Spotify Podcast, and there we are. So you can and, watch us on YouTube or on Spotify. And this week uh, we'll be releasing on the rest of the platforms as well. Yes, and here's what else is really excited. Please do stick around to the very bitter end uh, because we have a very sweet digital descent for you, which you are not going to want to miss, particularly if you are a Monty Python fan. So do stick around. All right, so let's go ahead and queue up the video for why it matters. Wow. I love the punk rock. Makes me happy. <laughs> I, I love it a punk I rock. I love the punk rock. I love it a punk rock. <laughs> I love punk rock. <laughs> right, right. I love the punk rock, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, so well, let's talk about why it matters and what our news stories are this week. Uh, first news story this week is Ezra does an Italian job. Um, who and what am I referring to? I am referring to Ezra Cohen Watnick. Uh, he was Mike Flynn's protege on the National Security Council before H.R. McMaster gave him the boot. And uh, Trump appointed him the acting undersecretary for defense intelligence on November 10th of 2020, um, which seems kind of weird. But anyway, uh, what happened was Ezra Cohen Watnick notified the State Department to send uh, State Department agents into an Italian prison that held mafia, uh, convicted mafia personnel, specifically to go after a couple hackers uh, to back up the, well, I think it's ridiculous. The ridiculous story that uh, satellites were used from Italy to change vote tallies during the 2020 election. Uh, here's why it matters. A, it shows that uh, GOP operatives continue to violate uh, policy norms. Uh, the Italian government had no idea this was going on. They were massively surprised by this. Uh, it continues to show underhandedness, not just in how they deal you know, with countries who are ostensibly our allies, but it also, it sets a pattern of behavior. And another article that came out a few weeks ago uh, discussed Ezra Cohen Watnick saying, well, Mike Flynn wanted me to call the special forces out and uh, you know do the insurrection act. And I told them no. Um, and I think the reason that happened was because 
there was a lot of attention on Ezra Cohen Watnick, especially after he altered the chain of command of the special forces inside the Department of Defense. Uh, I think they were setting up a play and uh, it got blocked. Yeah, they were trying to throw an election. That's why he was appointing everybody last minute when it was unprecedented in history for for something like this to happen. Jim, what do you say? Look, uh, Ezra and I go way back. <laughs> Too far back. So so I, I was tracking him for, for a, a long time as somebody who has been involved in QAnon from, you know, from nearly the beginning, if not the very beginning. And when he got, um, when he failed up to the number four spot in the Pentagon after the election happened, um, I freaked out <laughs> candidly. As did I. And and uh, there was a LARP on uh, a live action role play character. This is what a LARP means on Twitter called E. And uh, Ezra was was at least feeding information to it because it knew five days before anybody else did that Ezra was going to get that promotion. And so. Uh, you know, some colleagues and I had that account suspended seven different times on on Twitter until it gave up and limped off to Parlor. Um, that is going to be an interesting story to tell one day because it includes Flynn and Jim Watkins and a whole bunch of other people. Um, you know, it, it more or less shut down sort of what was going to be QAnon too. Um, but so a different I, story. Oh, good. Well, uh, I, I Cohen Watnick is is involved. Um, his 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 official Twitter account showed up uh, three days after we got him bounced <laughs> on E. I remember that. So here's a question. I I, I wonder, and and this is more rhetorical. Uh, I wonder if the January sixth committee. I know they've subpoenaed Kosh Patel, who was another DOD official that was appointed uh, along with Chris Miller. But do you think the January 6th committee has Ezra Cohen Watnick on their radar as one of the players mm-hmm. in the attempted coup? Yeah, they named him in, in one of the first letters. Um, okay. Uh, to, it, it was to the DOD internally and some others. He, it, it, Him and Charles Flynn, both of whom obstructed the defense of the Capitol on January 6th. Both of them were on that list. So the fact, by the way, that Charles Flynn is still in charge of the U.S. Army Pacific with 90,000 right. fucking American troops right. that would be the, the, uh, the forces that would respond if there was a conflict with China, that dude needs to be like, all his stars need to be put on a table while right. a long conversation happens with him. He should not be where he is, not while his brother is out there being blatantly, openly anti-democratic. Right. It's not okay. And so and what, that what I rant, think... I apologize for... No way, that was important. No, that's important. And what I think is I'm not afraid to use the word fascism when it comes to this stuff. These are fascist playbook uh, trickery and bullshittery and fuckery and... My son is making me read a book called It Came From Something Awful so I can better understand you guys and your world. And the author's father came uh, from Czechoslovakia, which is where my dad was born, and he escaped 
from the Iron Curtain, and he told his son that the Nazis would return one day. He insisted, even in America, they're not dead, they're only sleeping. And the author yeah. never believed him. And I think we're living it, and because everything's happening so fast and everything's coming at us so fast that we don't, you know, often people are afraid, I think, sometimes to call it what it is. But a move like that, what you just described that he did, that's authoritarian capture. That's to me, that's the fascist playbook. I think there was an article in the Atlantic the other day that I shared. Um, the headline was something that uh, the skinheads from the 90s would absolutely love the climate uh, of today. You know. Yeah, written by Christian Picciolini, who was a skinhead, who was a neo-Nazi, right. and who says he's given up on individual counseling because the problem has exploded so much that it yep. needs to be right. only attacked at a national level at this point, and I agree with right. him. Wow. Um, we, the, 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 the Nazi problem is real. Yeah. Like the fact, like we've got, we've got overt fascism now in Tucker, Tucker Carlson, right? Right. So just as much as Tucker got radicalized, so did the Nazis underneath them and it's right. exploded. So. Right. Well, I think that's what we're facing. So um, I just, I have no problem calling it as I see it. And again, I'm, I'm German. I come from that part of the world. So uh, I, I, I don't want to see it happen here. And that's, I think, a lot of why we're doing, why I want to do this show, because I want to keep exposing it. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Cool. All right. So our next story. Uh, the next story makes me happy. Uh, Putin's chef gets burned. Uh mm. If you know who Prigozhin is, he is basically Putin's fixer. Um, and the United Nations uh, voted uh, to pass a resolution that, yeah, Wagner's doing the war crimes. Uh, they are in the uh, DRC right now. There are accusations of rape. There are accusations of murder, targeted assassinations. Uh, they were in Libya assisting uh, Haftar. Uh, who is Haftar is also the war warlord in Libya who uh, was assisted by Eric Prince uh, when Eric Prince broke international sanctions on weapons. Um, and it's nice to see the world finally recognize that a private mercenary army, not unlike Eric Prince's Blackwater or G, I guess it's called now or academia, whatever he has, uh, these are entities that cannot be allowed to roam free and pillage, basically. And before uh, Jim weighs in, I just want to remind our viewers that Prigozhin is one of the 13 uh, Russians who was indicted by Mueller uh, for his role in the uh, IRA, which was the um, in International Research Agency. Is that right? Uh, and they ran the troll farm out of St. Petersburg that mind-fucked Americans into thinking Hillary was the devil uh, and that, uh, you know, Trump was, uh, you know, Jesus coming down from heaven. Um, so that's just uh, one, one point that I wanted to make about who this character is. Yeah. Um, interesting bringing up Wagner because uh, Eric Prince was on um, Nigel Farage's show where he drinks beers with various fascists around the world. 
And the latest one he drank beers with was Eric Prince. <laughs> and Eric Prince is trying to get ahead of the Wagner story, apparently, because uh, he said out loud, um, oh, the Russians uh, approached me about a private military army in 2010, way before Wagner did, got, got the contract. And I was like, oh, really, Eric Prince? You don't say you were talking shotgun. to the Russians in 2010 about a military, uh, about a private military. Okay. First of all, just the fact that you had that conversation at all, yeah. that they yeah. thought, oh, here's the guy that we should go to to get a fucking military. Uh, uh, wait, uh, why is Eric Prince walking free? You know, by the way. Well, he was just also channel. just having a few beers in the back channel in Seychelles. Remember, it was just beers among friends, you know? <laughs> right, with, with Putin's money guy. Yeah. With Putin's money guy and convicted pedophile <laughs> Nader. And... We, we met in the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all so random. And you remember that three Russian journalists were murdered when they were working on a documentary on the Wagner group. So, you know, choir boys once again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, given given that uh, you know the UN just passed this resolution and that uh, Wagner is in uh, Dem Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, one thing I have noticed, which you may think it's unrelated, but I actually think it is related, is the uh, wholesale and retail price of diamonds has dropped precipitously. Uh, because the market is being glutted right now. Um, and All as right. we know, they love to extract mineral wealth. So, Right. Boy, we could do a whole episode on the extraction yeah, of mineral wealth. Of underneath Afghanistan, which is why Eric Prince get, cares about it. I always think the, the mining uh, story that unites the, the teal and... Uh, you know, the Musk guy is also very interesting out of South Africa. Um, okay, so let's get on to your third story. We already have our guest waiting, and I can't wait to get uh, to Hellscape. All right, so the third story we're going to cover. Uh, Canadian QAnon queen calls for killings. Uh, this is uh, a pretty disturbing story, and uh, our neighbors to the north have an issue. Uh, they have this woman named Romana Dedulo. Did I get that right? Ramona Dedulo, I believe. Yeah. Sadly, yes, uh, I did. Yeah. She has convinced thousands of Canadians that she is the actual queen of Canada. Um, and she has recently called open season. Uh, she refers to some of her followers as duck hunters. And she said, shoot anyone who injects a person under the age of 19 with any COVID-19 vaccines, she is calling for the killings of healthcare workers, politicians, educators. Um, it's incredibly violent stuff. And again, I wonder how she's still walking around free. Wow. She's, she's got like uh, 75,000 followers um, and she wow. gets yeah. them to do, do real stuff like go and visit stores and hand them these decrees from the queen of fucking Canada, you know, saying your mask mandate is, you know, against 
the law and you will be punished accordingly and shit like that. Like really fucking scary, weird stuff. And yep. by the way, um, uh, Romana Dadulos from uh, the Philippines, um, which crosses a whole bunch of things. And she's in I Am, um, which crosses back to Satan Gate. So yeah. Romana Dadulo on Telegram is Her Majesty I Am Romana Dadulo. Wow. And she's yeah. constantly calling for the I Ams around the world and talking about all the fucking like woo woo stuff that kind of goes along with that stuff. Um, but also, you know, gives her a fascist framework to base her shit around. Yeah, and it's a good point to mention why um, we don't have the actual screenshot or the image or anything associated with her on the screen right now. Is it's tough to talk about these things without amplifying the, uh, the person's platform. So I think uh, we've made a, a kind of conscious effort to discuss these things, and when it drifts into this territory, you know, we will not be amplifying, we will not be uh, showing, we will not be screenshotting or giving that individual any sort of platform to sort of expand their audience. Well, I really appreciate that only because I come out of the, you know, 30 years of news porn because I worked in broadcast news and uh, there was nothing that um, wouldn't be exploited. And, you know, sometimes for years, Anna Nicole Smith dies and she leaves such a gorgeous corpse that, you know, she becomes the sweeps queen for, you know, 18 months. And so I appreciate you saying that because I think that it's a fine line. Sometimes we will have to show it to offer context but where we don't have yeah. to we won't and based on the rundown meeting yesterday uh you had me kind of looking into what she was saying and lo and behold who said almost the exact same type of words in a alabama marjorie taylor green telling people yeah. to arm themselves when they get the door knock from the vaccine people who want to see if you're vaccinated and she said you know surprise them with guns and and then there was big applause as she's in Alabama that people are so unvaccinated. So once again, we see coordinated talking points against some of these truly bad actors. And uh, I'm glad that we are exposing them in our way on this show, because I think even in two weeks, we've seen a bit of a sea change, certainly in the work that Jim's doing. Uh, I do think we're seeing a bit of a sea change. So if we can make a dent in the insanity, that would be lovely. Speaking um, of which, I, speaking of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to point out one thing. Uh, so after, after Dudulo uh, posted about straight up, sh you know, killing people, uh, she did take that post down and she reposted it with a, uh, you know, duck season is open for all my duck hunters. So I think she knew she crossed a line and she pulled back. Um, yeah, she pulled. She pulled a Bobert, huh? So she basically yeah, exactly. said, said something vile and horrible in her pantomiming, bad, horrible, acty way, and then uh, you know was caught and pulled back. But see, once they put it into the lying is the message and provoking is the message. Once it goes into that stream you know, uh, of consciousness, you can't, you can't retrieve it back. It's like there and we can't unsee it or unhear it. So I would like these bad actors to, uh, you know, I would, I'd, I would like justice to, to catch up with these terrorists. They're, 
you know, they're terrorists. Yeah, they're stochastic terrorists, without a doubt. Right on. And if you don't know what that means, watch episode two. So, Jim, without further ado, can we go ahead and get into Jim's Hellscape, the Satan Gate edition? Yeah, guys. Um, this week's Hellscape is brought to you by uh, Satan Gate. <laughs> Jim Stewartson's Hellscape. Oh, fuck. Hellscape is made possible by Satan Gate, which is the deception and malice of forethought of Mike Flynn, Archangel Michael, and the Sevenfold Rays. <laughs> Sevenfold Rays. So, so just so you know, uh, viewers, Sean Connor does this stuff at 2 a.m., you know? He's just like, hmm, what can I come up with? And boy, are we lucky to work with him. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So, Jim, let's get into it because because uh, I, I feel like there's a sea change potentially. Um, you know, I, I we'll see. Um, there there are a lot of ups and downs. Um, it's it's war. Look, honestly, um, this is an information war, and for me, you know. Um, I have, I now have a, a collection of, of evidence and, and knowledge about the situation that gives me lots and lots of ammunition um, to go ahead and engage in this information war that Mike Flynn is looking for. Um, because honestly, honestly, no one else is doing it, really. Uh, there's, there's... Uh, you know, there's good journalism happening, but it happens very slowly. There's good, you know, um, legal cases. There's good legislation. There's good investigations. All of those things are good, but they're taking too fucking long. So, um, you know, for me, it's just time to, like, get, get aggressive, like have an offense um, and, you know, start telling the truth about these psychos. And uh, and take it from there. So what happened was, speaking of I am, um, as we mentioned, Ramona uh, Dadulo, um, uh, Mike Flynn a couple of months ago gave a, a theosophical prayer by Elizabeth Clara Prophet in a Christian church and had the church lead go say that prayer with him. Um, Elizabeth Clara Prophet was a doomsday cult leader uh, who had her followers build a nuclear fallout shelter because Russia was going to, you know, blow the United States up real soon now. Um, and so he, he gave this, this um, prayer and I did a kind of back and forth uh, video of it. And over the last few months, it started to catch on and there was a rift in the Flinniverse and the rift was that um, Kyle Rittenhouse um, slammed Lynn on on Tucker Carlson, and um, uh, Lynn didn't appreciate it, and Mike Flynn didn't back Flynn up, which pissed Lynn off, and it started a cascading clusterfuck of every bad actor in the Flinniverse 
taking sides between sort of the you know the theocrat jesus freaks you know QAnon hardcore people like linwood and you know QAnon john and people like that um and mike flynn and you know the people who really know what this is which is an actual fascist takeover so you know in a way it's sort of the shedding of the true believers you know in a way um right and linwood has just endless receipts and is dropping bombs on mike flynn all day long and you know i am totally here for it should we watch some of that yeah just a little pinch of it in case people have not seen this video because it is quite shocking okay here we go mighty i am presence i am here oh god and i am the instrument of those sevenfold rays and archangels we are your instrument of those sevenfold rays and all your archangels all of them and i will not retreat i will take my stand i will not fear to speak and i will be the instrument of god's will whatever it is we will not retreat we will not retreat. We will stand our ground. We'll, we will not fear to speak. We will be the instrument of your will, whatever it is. Here I am, so help me no. God, right. in the name it's of our kingdom. It's whatever it is that gets me That's every enough. time. It's, it's That's like, blasphemy. That's, That's like, enough. Come on. He keeps, they keep, him and his brother keep trying to, like, wiggle around it. But it's yeah. like, dude, it's the same, it's the same prayer. And there's, like, find it anywhere except for Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who, who wrote her name on the bottom of it as the author. Yeah. Like it's a, it is a doomsday cult prayer by a doomsday cult leader that incorporates theosophy, which was one of the predecessors of Ariosophy, which turned into Arianism, which turned into the Nazis. Like yeah. it's you know it's all this sort of fascist like ideology that gets spread you know over you know generations, and 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 Flynn is 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 part of it he believes it some version of it at least and is spreading it around to christian churches it's not that he believes it like i don't give a fuck what he believes but when he's when he's having two thousand people commit heresy against their knowledge um you know that should tell everyone what he's trying to do how how do how do Christians not? I mean, I'm an agnostic. I was raised Catholic. I know I've never heard anything like that. How do Christians not realize he is dragging them into blasphemy with this? I mean, that's what's happening here. I think they're starting to, and I think that's what Satan Gate is about. And I I think that to my to my friend who says who's a very seasoned trial lawyer who says Flynn's just in it for the money. Uh, you know, I think, let's see it. There we go. Yeah. Meme warfare. Yeah. There's something, right, there's right, something right, deeper, right. darker going on here. Oh, I love yeah. that. This will be the Satan gate edition. Well, um, and there's no, well, there's no amount of, there's no amount of Googling or duck, duck going that you can do with a combination of words. That's going to get him out of this. You know, I mean, right. what Joe Flynn tried to, tried to I mean, reference. Look, some his, his, his brother came up or, with, 
his brother came up with something from a from a a Catholic church called the Liberal Catholic Church that had a prayer that was like a very benign version of the rosary that included it's seven second. rays or something. Yeah. But the problem is that the Liberal Catholic Church is a, is not Catholic at all. It doesn't follow the Pope. It doesn't follow the, you know, even old Vatican, <laughs> you know, Vatican stuff. It's a theosophical bastardization of Catholicism. It, it, it is, it is simply not, they, they cannot get out of yeah. this. They either have to explain themselves or not. And speaking of, uh, going. speaking of fraudy grifters who are, uh, you know, using cult, uh, like behaviors to make money and mind F people. Uh, we have the weirdo JFK guy who's now spawning some, Steven Tyler look-alike uh, contest. What's what's going on there? Well, why don't we we have why don't we start with Mike Brian Protzman? Okay, Connor, uh, if we got it's that, very that short video and very yeah. poignant. No, 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 the other one. Let's go my, the other one, Michael Bryan first. Sorry, I screwed up our producer. This isn't here. We go. Uh, nope, fact, that's Patrick Byrne. We got all the videos. You guys went all out of order. That's all right. Yeah, this is uh, that seven-second clip. Uh, I emailed it and texted it to you last night. Is and, this the, uh, the, the Jesus one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, why don't you just say, I am Jesus guy? Hey. <laughs> so, hey. I am Jesus Christ 174. Yes, Joe. Yeah. Yo. Wow. Yo. Wow. So, so Michael Brian Prosman is a really good example of what happens when you just let cults run free without dealing with them. Like Michael Brian Prosman figured out how to, um, you know, brainwash a bunch of middle-aged white women with numbers. He literally. Um, he he does this bastardized version of Jewish gematria, um, which is not real at all, even by astrology terms, um, that he uses to make up connections between whatever he wants. And those connections always happen to be between Trump and JFK and like Soros um, anti-Semitic, you know, conspiracy theories. And it's fucking disgusting. And he's got a whole bunch of them like holed up in a in a conference room in a hotel in Dallas, still waiting for JFK to show up after he didn't show up the first three times. Wow. I was so, I was reading um, something about this. Is Kim Kulik, who uh, bears a striking re resemblance to someone. <laughs> yes. I think the thing that troubles me the most about this guy is I was reading about this. There, there was a story about one of the women down there in Dallas with him. She has left her husband and her children for yeah. over a month. She's yeah. just she's gone. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're destroying and, and families. How is how is that? 
beneficial that, in any that's way. That's the whole story of this whole fucking thing. It's why all of us fight, right? Yeah, because that's right. because the the hidden trauma here that no one's talking about are all these people who have been lost to their friends right. and family. Like yes. at the end of the day, like we can, you know, kid around and we should, right? We need to make fun of this shit. But the the reason for the fight is that, you know, there are tens of millions of people who are hurting really badly. Yes. Really badly. And some of them even kill their own children because of how badly they've been mind fucked. And so we've, the, the human toll is significant and uh, you're right. That's why. We fight. Um, That's a good reminder, High Five. That's the important part. Not, yeah. that, not that these people are silly or goofy or think they're Jesus. It's that they're no, it's hurting the, people. Yeah. It's a lot. They're hurting people a lot. It's, so, very, it's, it's very similar to the opioid crisis. You know, there's yes. ripple effects that, that, that hit the nuclear family and sort of ripple out. That trauma just keeps going. That's right. Um, I would love to get to our last story on Bannon if uh, if I'm not missing anything, just because we have our guest uh, no, let's go. in the waiting room uh, from Australia, and it's going to be really exciting to talk to Brent. OMG. Let's go ahead and, and, and run this one. This is Steve Bannon and um, Lauren Bobert's uh, former campaign manager, and her name is Sharona. You something yeah yep yeah, ready here you go they handcuffed you yeah they walked me outside and said i needed to be restrained they they handcuffed you in front of your neighbors <sighs> yeah mm. did your children see you did your children see you in handcuffs Oh, don't yeah. commit crimes. They actually came to the door because they didn't know what to do. Um, and they stood and watched all of this happen. Uh, hey, okay. how about you don't do crime? Don't do uh, crimes. Sorry. And look, I, I, there, she had two opportunities to not get fucking like perp walked in front of the neighbors. One, don't commit crimes. That's the easy one, right? The second one, when the FBI shows up at your fucking door, answer yep. the door. Don't call your lawyer and sit on the phone waiting for your lawyer to show up and get and get all bent out of shape if they knock your fucking door in. That's what is going to happen. That's called law enforcement. I'm this sorry. That's how it works. Sharona. I do not care what you think or what happened. Don't commit election fraud do you yeah. see Easy. what a professional propagandist bannon is in him, in him stirring up that victimization the grievance we are aggrieved we are victims they are mm. so good at their one little trick they have many tricks but you know here's a woman accused of committing crimes uh, and she is portraying herself as a victim as opposed admitted to, to a them. criminal. Yes. Yeah, she right. admitted to them. It's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a close call or anything. You know, what's great for her though. <laughs> she, she will get the opportunity to be a Fox blonde at some point. So everything will turn out just fine for her. 
unless I mean, we War start Room's seeing... getting getting up there in terms of numbers. I mean, that like being on War Room is not a small thing in the right wing sphere. I mean, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just I can't stand crying fascists. I mean, I I take it back. I I like crying fascists. Um, you know, I enjoy them. Well, I like crying fascists, but when they have fake tears is when it bothers me. Yep, that's right. And somehow we lost uh, Heidi. I'm sure she'll jump back in when she can. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that clip, you know, she did the first she did the first thing correct, which is to be white. You know, <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? She's complaining about these handcuffs and this horrible abuse. It, it, that the the thing is, like right after that clip, there's another clip where she explains. She's like, "Oh, I heard the door." You know, and then I was on the phone with my lawyer, and then they knocked the door in, and I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> what? What was that sequence again?" Exactly. <laughs> it's like the FBI shows up and you know knocks on the door and says, yeah. "Open the door." That's what you do. That's right. Sorry, you let him in. Yeah, when they have a when they have a warrant. And uh, yeah, yeah. You All right. So about it later, if you want, but you know, look, you're lucky you're a, a pretty white lady, because otherwise, you know, you'd be dead. You know. Yeah, that's a very real thing. And she's back. Hey, uh, is my audio in uh, mono or stereo? Every time I get booted, How it's a mono. No. Okay, so let me go ahead and try. Uh... Ah. Is that better? Okay. And if the echo starts, let me know and I'll stop my video. Okay. So um, I'm sure it was a riveting uh, wrap up to the conversation, uh, but I would very much like to, without further ado, bring in Brent Allpress. I want to give him a quick introduction. Um, hello, Brent. You're looking fine. Well, it's spring here it's spring and it's, here. Um, it's, um, it's, oh, I think it's about, I think it's about living in, living in the morning, living in the morning. Wonderful. Well, I just want to give a quick little brief intro because um, uh, you're a VIP in my in my mind. Uh, as soon as I met Hi-Fi, he had a laundry list of people that I had to talk to. You were like right on the top of that list. I immediately reached out. You were so cool. We had a couple conversations, but just so our viewers know, there's a very important film, people you may know, which shows... Uh, how people are radicalized through, you know, with their own data. And Brent was the key researcher on that. He's also a key researcher dealing with Stop the Steal. He also used, um, let me actually uh, get rid of my echo here, if that works. Uh, yes, he, al he also used, um, he also using open source um, intelligence and investigation managed to crack uh, who the CMP members are. He also knows a fair about, uh, that's the Council for National Policy, which finances much of the fuckery that we see um, on the on the DL. Uh, and he also, I buried the lead, I feel, uh, connected some dots between uh, Michael Flynn, the CNP, and Stop the Steal. So that is my uh, red carpet introduction for you, Brent. And uh, let's just, just jump in and let's talk about uh, let's start, I think, with the Council for National Policy's role in wreaking havoc on COVID disinformation. Yeah, sure. Um, 
I, um, I, I cracked the Council for National Policies website back in 2019, appallingly structured website for um, a secret organisation with secret meetings and secret membership. They um, <laughs> really didn't do a very good job. Um, and um, so uh, about eight years worth of their material has been archived. Um, not oh. Obviously not all, not all of it's been, been put in the public domain as such. There's an issue, I think, with putting some of that material in the public domain because it amplifies it. Yeah. And I think you have to be quite careful with what's effectively um, a series of, of, of highly manipulative disinformation op operations um, that, that it's, frame, it's framed appropriately. Um, otherwise, it'll just uh, do its job through, 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 through a, the critique of it as much as, um, as, it, as it does that job out in the world through um, astroturfing and various influence operations. Right. Um, <clears throat> The, the, the one thing I'd say in terms of the Council for National Policy, they're an umbrella group, just for those who don't know about them. Um, I'd defer to Anne Nelson for the kind of authority on the history of the CNP, and I'd uh, refer, refer everybody to her, um, her book, Shadow Network. Yeah. Um, I, I contributed a bit of research to uh, her, the revised paperback version that came out in May this year. Um, we, we worked together just updating the um, material to to account for uh, things that led up to January sixth, and um, and um, and Anne and I um, uh, did a um, an article together around that topic on in the Washington Observer. The um the the but the Council for National Policy is an umbrella group started in nineteen eighty one. Um, it was funded by oil money, and Occam's razor for the entire. Logic for everything that we're dealing with is the carbon economy. Yes, if you, you explain. If you if you apply if you apply that um, logic to just about everything, you get a very simple answer. Which which you you explain to me as being the fossil fuel fascists trying to stave off the renewables future. It was quite simple. Yeah, and uh, but it, but it goes to the heart of who who funded the CMP to start with. So it was start. It was it was started with oil money. It is. It has a very high um, constituency of of oil focused membership. Um, and um, well, oil money makes perfect sense when you have a, when it's doomsday ideology, right? Like, who give, who gives a shit about the planet when uh, when everybody's marching towards the end times? Yeah, the actual the, the actual ideology of of the members are, um, I think, a, a separate question. So I wouldn't ascribe that ideology to every member. No, I would not think, I would think, I, would, I, think I think some of those ideologies, I lot of those ideologies, are a means to an end. Yeah. So the <laughs> the end the end I mean. time the end times is a means to an end. <laughs> Totally, and the end, the end yeah. is to maintain the continuity of the of the carbon economy. So that would be my Occam's razor. You know, that's that's totally. my I that's my. It. So so the um the so the um the the grouping um there, there were demographic issues going through from the seventies through into the eighties, and um uh and they they so the the moral majority coalition that whole kind of attempt to to form a coalition between 
uh, religious voters and conservatives and traditional Republicans and try and find a kind of larger pool of voters. Um, that was really the sort of fundamental. Um, so it's a political organization. It's, uh, it's aimed to keep um, uh, the, the, the Republican Party in, in power, but it's also moved to push the Republican Party further and further to the right. And, and to the point where in the last four years, I think um, you could barely recognise it as a political party in any kind of workable sense. Um, I, I think what's brilliant about your Occam Razor's uh, point of view is that that also explains why these foreign entities, which have very oil-based economies, yeah. such as Russia, uh, seem to always be wherever you throw a rock with a CNP member, you know, there's a oligarch in their pant leg. Well, uh, you just got to ask yourself a very simple question, which is what does um, Coke Industries, the Republican Party and uh, Russian oligarchs have in common? And that's they all have an over-reliance on oil and gas as a primary source of revenue. It's, just, it's not that hard. Um, so, uh, and the, uh, the Russian economy's overly reliant on um, oil and gas, gas particularly, but oil as well. Um, the, um, there, there are key key players uh, like the Coke Group, if you want to call them that, um, who funded um, climate disinformation from 1996 onwards. Right. So, so, so the, the, there's been a, a um, there was a kind of, there was an emerging consensus on the right, including Margaret Thatcher, um, that there was there was need for action on climate change, and then from 1986 onwards, there's been a very very concerted effort to um, to uh, put up the equivalence of what I would say is the equivalence of Holocaust denial. Yeah, I think I... you could you could find a parallel between those two modes of um, of disinformation that climate denial and Holocaust denial are very similar, um, uh, and they um, and then the uh, the logic of harnessing the far right to push these agendas, um, it might be, it might pay off in a short term or in a, a key moment, but the danger is that you're harnessing something that you lose control of. And I think that's one of the difficulties that, that we're facing in countries like Australia and America at the moment, where the far right's being harnessed by the conservative right. And uh, that's extraordinarily dangerous. Um, no, we're not learning from history. I, I'm, 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 yeah, preach. Australia has been a epicenter for this stuff, especially recently as well. Yeah, yeah you guys... we, it's a franchise. It's just a straight franchise. Right. So, it's an absolute, not a franchise. Did you guys so, propose legislation for? Unmasking trolls in Australia. Yeah, there's that. Um, the, I look the, the the more important uh, legislation at the moment is the um, religious freedom legislation, which um, is I, I would argue is sourced from the Council for National Policy, and that's being pushed by the Australian government at the moment. But the um, details for it and the logic for it are almost identical to the um, action steps that are promoted out of the out of the recent um, council for national policy meetings from last year and this year so it's the it's the you know it's the it's the current barrier to push um, these sort of topics are really useful because they activate a, a, a reactionary base um, it sort of sanctions homophobia and it, and it um, and it helps to activate voters who may not normally vote 
and in an Australian context, they would um, we have a preference system. So they might vote for a, a more extremist candidate. That 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 candidate or small party won't get up, but through preferences, they'll they'll trickle back down to the the main conservative parties. So it's extraordinarily cynical and very dangerous. Um, yeah move at the moment in, in our country. The same sort of dynamic is effectively occurring in the States where, um, but in your case, uh, uh, the actual um, radicalization of the Republican Party itself is sort of done. Right. Um, it really you, you... is. It, they have successfully converted the entire party into a death cult. That's right. It is, uh, yeah. it is amazing. I'd like to bring... Yeah, sorry. No, no, ask, ask away. Well, I, I would like to ask the question, uh, you know, when we talk about they've converted the party, they're converting people, uh, you know, our, our word of the week for the show is cognitive hacking. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of disinformation. What can you discuss about uh, the cognitive hacks that are occurring in Australia? How are people being turned to this far right belief system where, I mean, here in America, we have Americans talking about shooting their neighbors now. That's that's beyond the pale. How does this happen? Well, there's a there's a mining magnate here um, who used to be the president of the of the ruling Liberal Party, which is a conservative party equivalent to the Republicans, more or less, and um, uh, Palmer. And he set up his own party, uh, United Party. He managed. He had a um, one of the um, more extremist members of the Liberal Party. Um, got booted out and joined his party that meant that they got around membership rules in terms of numbers and he just floods youtube and social media with um far-right disinformation adverts and yeah. um and so so it's a, it's just blatant just so he's doing it, the, the, the the beneficiary of them is the mainstream conservative party um through a preference sort of system basically um there's been in in australia a um uh a, as ironically as lockdowns have been eased the and so the success of those lockdowns has been, been, become more apparent um there've been uh, organized riots across um capital cities in australia um uh, they attacked the cfmeu headquarters which is the um the uh the uh, my, a very very um uh, tough union of um, of um, uh, um, uh, they're, they're the kind of engineering and uh, mining and construction union. So there's, um, and suppose it was their own members attacking their, their that union. People have pointed out that quite a few people in the in the protest had brand new vis jackets. And if you're an actual member of the construction industry, you'd never have a clean vis outfit. Yeah. So uh, assumption is it's not clear, but the assumption is that uh, there's a sort of astroturfing of of these groups. Um, the police have um, been um, uh, uh, arresting those who were engaged in affray and and um, and violence and rioting, and there's a sort of far right um, grouping that sits underneath that. And it, again, it has parallels. It's not exactly the same as the states, but it has strong parallels. Um, but again, if you're going to harness the far right to achieve um, other ends, you 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 may be opening up something that you can't then control. So I think it's extremely dangerous. The other the other issue I think is that there's a um, 
There's just a constant barrage of um, social media um, disinformation around um, fear. Yeah, I would call it anxiety marketing. Mm. Fear and anxiety. And, and, that, and that's aimed at everyday people. It's not aimed at people who are extremists. And it may push them to a more extreme position without them even realising it. So things like um, the anti-vax movement, um, uh, there are people who might have a legitimate fear or concern about new treatments and uh, what, so there's a lot of the anti-vax disinformation focuses on the impact on children, you know, and the, and there's a, a very, so there's a new, there's a new film by Kat Gallen and, um, and, um, Dr. Charles Creel. Yeah, Charles, um, that's just coming out, which focuses on the sort of, um, the anti-vax, uh, yoga mums. And I yeah. recommend your viewers yeah. to chase that one up. It's just coming out as we speak. I'm yes. not involved in it's, that one, but I'm a strong supporter of um, of, of of those two. They 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 were the directors of the last. They're going to be on the show in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's great! Yeah. yeah. So so I went I went with them on people you may know, which yeah. is which is on Amazon Prime, and um and that that features so. That features when I had, I had done research on um, Cambridge Analytica's uh, contracts. Um, basically, when they went when they went uh, bankrupt, I just did a, a, a thought experiment, which was look at their um, creditor lists. There's one. A lot of creditor lists were very kind of benign, banal, in printers and you know costs advertising things like that but there was one that was particularly interesting and it and it had um it, it had two two non-profits that um that i described as having silly names um uh council for for uh, so the uh, center for, for freedom initiative and um and um relationship engagement collaborative and that led me to glue which is um uh, rec was one of their uh, non-profits and so that glue had um had been contracted by their own non-profit and that non-profit had also con contracted Cambridge Analytica. They formed a, um, a, a micro-targeting platform, Insights, and um, and uh, Toby Neugebauer was a kind of key figure behind that. He's one of the top frackers in Texas yeah. and, um, and he put the money behind Cruz and there's a link between the Cruz campaign and this very early manifestation in a political context yeah. of this sort of um micro targeting platform and then and then subsequent kind of developments that have occurred uh where this yeah. stuff is kind of rolling out across a whole range of different economies and markets political That's right. very churches important. very important because we I want to jump in here. Our yeah. churchy people yes. yeah yeah one thing so how i got initially hooked up with uh, dr emma bryant was um i have a, a litigation support firm so through the discovery process i was reading all of these documents from the from corporate sector that were engaging in these types of uh, manipulative behaviors for yeah. for years, for decades, right? They're perfecting it yeah. over here through yeah. companies like Razorfish and Publicist Group um, who are doing this. Um, in fact, that's why I reached out to Dr. Bryant because we were going to see if she could testify or perhaps be a witness on a case for um, basically explaining to the judge and jury how horribly manipulated this audience was um, that the pharmaceutical company was targeting. They were targeting them in the same ways that you've described with fear, shame, women specifically, um, you know, pointing out different uh, features of their body. But these are couched through targeted advertisements right. um, in order to get them to go into see their gynecologist to ask about a certain procedure that they have recently come up with. 
um, mm. that used, they used to not exist. So yes. that was my introduction to this. And it's important for, I think, our viewers to know that, you know, this isn't just a political tactic. This isn't used right. just in the political arena. This is no, used but, it's, but, but it's been weaponized. Yes, so it has. And, and, and the way that it's been weaponized is that they've gained access to self-revealed mental health and treatment data. Right, yes. which should be a gigantic HIPAA violation, at least in this country. What, what, what Brent has described to me, you know, you know how we all had friends who were very involved in their churches who weren't hateful people prior to 2016, and then all of a sudden 2016, they're turning into like rabbit attack dogs against Hillary Clinton, and they were perfectly nice back in 2015. Well, uh, quite, quite frankly, this glue organization, as Brent has explained it to me, would have details on uh, somebody in a church's grief counseling, divorce counseling, depression counseling, the wellness app they might use might show what type of anxiety or stress they're so, under. So just, just to clarify, they're, they're, they're harvesting um, self-revealed mental health data, along with 2,000 points of data on all Americans, including all of you. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and they've done ocean profiling on Christians. They've done over 500,000 ocean surveys, psychographic surveys. So you can model the rest off the back of that. Yep. The actual Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal that, that became public was tiny compared to the actual operation. Wow. That's and Alexander Nix was quite explicit about it. So at the time he said, we weren't using that study from Facebook. We were actually mostly using consumer data. We used Axiom and, and, and other companies. Yeah. Those companies used to have a an internal relationship with Facebook. One of the few things Facebook yeah. did was to externalize that. They moved them out. They're now working um, with uh, uh, third parties like Glue, and I'm sure there are others, where um, they're creating right. custom audiences using yep. that data and then exporting those audiences through to Facebook. And so Stop. Facebook, Facebook, I would say, have um, they're either guilty of some form of negligence in exposing their members to to those processes, or they're complicit potentially. Yeah. Um, so in two thousand in two thousand seven or eight, when uh, uh, Facebook was getting into the digital ad space, uh, publicist group bought a hundred million dollars, basically kept them afloat, and with that hundred million, they got five engineers from Facebook embedded in the digital marketing company. So mm -hmm. part of that hundred million dollars was, you know, at your disposal, Facebook engineers to, you know, show you how the thing worked on the back end. Just like yeah, they did at San Antonio. The Trump campaign had had yeah. those those embedded engineers That's as well. Right. They had a whole they had a yeah. whole team of them to to help connect up the you know Facebook data and yeah. Cambridge and all now, the was rest that of um, the, the, I, I just wanted to bring up, uh, you mentioned fear and anxiety and targeting those things and, you yeah. know, um, in, in, in cultic, uh, um, in cultic terms, um, shit, the, 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 the phrase that, that, uh, comes up escapes me. Um, uh, that's it. Sorry. Phobia installation. That's, that's yeah. what I was looking for. And the, the idea is to find the cracks in your psyche, find the things that you're afraid of, find the darkest <clears throat> places in your mind 
um, use these techniques that Brent, thank God, has has been uncovering yes. um, to target those very specific things um, using this kind of modeling um, and, and AI to literally you know, change people's brains, right? Yeah. To change their minds, to install fears and, and, you know, dark places that did not exist before or existed in some reasonable human-like way yeah. that they then weaponized and radicalized into something that, that really makes them, you know, dysfunctional and or, you know, a weapon yeah. to be used uh, uh against someone else. I'd qualify that a little bit. I'd, I'd, I'd just to be very, very clear, they're using self-revealed mental health and treatment data. Mm -hmm. So they have yeah. data on people who already are suffering from mental health conditions. Mm. Health. Sure. Right. And, right. and on the basis of that, they can then micro-target those individuals yeah. across the spectrum. And, uh, and if you suffer from a mental health condition, you're extraordinarily vulnerable to yeah. micro-target messaging in a way yeah. that perhaps you wouldn't yeah. be in usual marketing terms. So it's not it's not simply the modeling. So so there is modeling going on, and that's not illegal. You can model you can model a population based on certain characteristics, and advertising's been that for years. But if you combine ocean modeling where you've got people who are really who, who score really highly on conscientiousness and neurosis. Right. Yeah. And and they actually are suffering from mental health conditions, then yeah. then you're potentially um, um, uh, subjecting a domestic population to weapons grade psyops, where where that population can be radicalised. That you well, could depress you could depress those on the on who are moderates. You yeah. could you could activate those who are to the right. You could create mayhem with those on the far right. Uh, well, what we've seen that sort of manipulation. Also, what uh, one of the worst uh, problems I think that has gone underreported is that uh, if someone is uh, depressant, say, and um, you know they're they're getting these targeted attacks, um, uh, an abnormal uh, range of dopamine right in the brain will trigger um, uh, a schizophrenic or a manic episode. Yeah. Right. So if you have these people already with you know a sort of condition, and now yeah. they have these these constant dopamine fluctuations, they will more yeah. often than not will tip into a more severe um, effect of that disorder. In, in a church context, what they've been doing through Glue um, and through the Barna Group, who um, they've partnered with to sort of scale up during COVID, um, is to um, is what they do is they 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 micro target the unchurched within a catchment of a church. They have a franchised range of counselling facilities around that church, small groups. Um, those counselling services, um, grief share, divorce care, financial peace university. Um, they're people suffering from relationship stress. Um, uh, uh, Christian 12 Steps recovery programs is a really big area. That's also a monetization component of the economy. And they are um, uh, putting people through these, attracting people into these counselling services that aren't necessarily always branded as being uh, Christian or evangelical. Um, and there is a lot. There's a long tradition of the church offering all sorts of services to the community. So there's a kind of, it appears to be all for the common good, but effectively it's a pathway to radicalisation. They have a very high level of um, conversion. Yeah. 
and they they donate very highly to those churches, and um, and and off they go. Now, are these are these actual uh, counseling or psychiatric sessions, or are these like the social worker like a counsel like a? They have they well. Um, some of the the, the the recovery services are well. There's a reason why this is a HIPAA issue because glue is a covered entity. Oh, um, the, reason, I, the, reason, sorry, the reason I asked that is uh, with the Facebook content moderators, we saw that they were entering into a counseling session that they thought was covered, uh, that the information was privileged, but they were actually meeting with a social worker because they were just a, a counselor. They weren't a psychiatrist. Yeah, no, I, I, for, for, the, for, the, for the churches, these sort of, these are, these are, um, these are uh, a very sort of low level trained facilitators. Um, they're not offering um, uh, professional counselling in that sense. Um, so uh, let but, me uh, go yeah, ahead. Uh, yeah, well, well, I think on a on a broader level, um, if you have a population, a certain proportion of the population has me mental health conditions. If they're being micro-targeted with messaging that exacerbates those conditions, then this becomes a public health and a public safety right. matter. 100%. It's not 100%. partisan. It's not. It's not. Um, it, it goes beyond um, politics because it's also occurring within economic spheres now. So right. this is this this the the project that I've been sort of following for the last and documenting and unpacking for the last few years is is is, is definitely at the monetizing end of the game after twenty twenty. So let me, let me just jump in real quick because uh, we only have a little bit of time left with Brent. And uh, one thing, Brent, thank you so much for the work you're doing. Yeah, it's amazing. so important. Number two, we do a Twitter Spaces after the show Tuesday night, 6 p.m. our time. We would love it if you could check your dance card and join us. I'll send you information mm, about it. I know you okay. have a Twitter Spaces with Dave Troy coming yeah. up uh, after this airs, but we'd love to have you back. Um, since we're talking about pathway to radicalization, I just want to hit on two things before we lose you. One is that Sharn Norris and I, who was on the episode last week, did a story with you about how the military is being infiltrated and radicalized much in the same way that you're describing. And then anything that you can say about oh, Mike Flynn, January yeah. 6th and CNP. Thank you. Yeah, well, the the military's being radicalized, not in in sort of the same way, in exactly the same way. Oh wow! So, so, so Glue um, has a partner called Crew, which used to be Campus Crusade for Christ. They're now putting more of an emphasis on the Crusader part of the of the Crew, and they've formed a, a group that uh, was branded as Crew Military. They um, they they merged with military ministries. They have representation on every base every american base for every every um every service area of the um, of the armed forces both um in america and deployed overseas and they have an openly dominionist ideology so they their 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 ideology is to creating um soldiers for god um they are really encouraging service people to um to break the oath um, wow and, um, and, and this is and, only Christians. This isn't Muslim. This isn't. No, it's it's specific. Sick. It's it's specifically Christian. Military Ministries is focusing on foreign, foreign service people, uh, foreign military, 
and and, and um, crew military is focusing on the domestic American armed yeah, forces. I've seen it services. advertised in the wild on like uh, yeah. True News and stuff, which is yeah. so that's so there are there there so there's a there's a there's a range of different segments that they're going for. Um, one of the concerns I'd have. Uh, around the crew military is that it's a national security issue. If you've got yeah. people wandering around with an app in their pocket, right. that gives you geolocation data to whoever. That's right. Um, the the apps for crew military um, have uh, psychographic assessments in them, so they have these sort of these sort of mentoring apps. And so as you so you as you go through this process of growth um you 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 um you, ha you do these sort of um ocean psychographic surveys um and um and it's collecting all sorts of behavioral data um but they're also they're targeting specifically um people who are suffering from deployment stress from uh relationship stress and and from ptsd and so there's also a kind of strong veterans program so again very dangerous it's a, it's a it's a public health, public safety, and national security issue in that regard. Thank you. Uh, and in terms of Flynn and um, the CNP, I uncovered that Flynn took on a um, a um, head office role with the Council for National Policy um, in November of um, twenty twenty, and it was so the kind of timeline was that he was um, pardoned by Trump. And then he, the next day, he took on a, um, a council for national policy role. Uh, it's a very small head office. There's only about ten or twelve staff, um, so it's unusual to find him in there. Um, and uh, he's not listed as a member of council for national policy. Um, and uh, and then the next day after that, he went on right wing media and launched the big lie. It's very clear that he was working with Sydney Powell. And they were working together on affidavits, and um, at that point, he was um, he was pushing the uh, Chinese Chinese interference angle. They had to drop that because the um, and the um, the um, the IC community weren't going to sign off on giving giving them a kind of um, uh, uh, confirmation of, of of that being in any way factual, and. Um, uh, uh, Flynn was uh, very closely associated with Ali Alexander, so I was I I um when I saw that that um, uh, Facebook had um, had banned the Stop the Steel group, I went on Facebook and just did a quick hunt for the hashtag, found three operatives having a kind of pretty much live Facebook meeting <laughs> where they were describing where to go next, and um, and so I went there as you would. And so I, I joined the Stop the Steal site on the day it was registered by Ali Alexander's Vice and Victory Company. Uh, and the next day there was a um, set of actions across uh, six key um, contested states at the accounting centres. Um, I um, let the authorities know about that and, um, and to my understanding they, they took swift action. Um, but there were a couple of um, individuals who were um, arrested at the Pennsylvania Counting Centre with um, uh, assault rifles that uh, on the night of the fifth of November. Um, it was it was very disturbing to discover that the um, that that whole um, uh, 
program of stop the steal and then while protest activities carried on and the authorities would and should have known about it um so i think one of the key things that you can do when you're in power is not to do something that's right yes and that is a that is a strategy that brent has explained to me is actually being part of an act of war to not do something and inaction can be war i am hoping that you will join us on twitter spaces i'm hoping that you will come back and join us again because clearly there's so much to mine uh, from the work that you're doing. Um, we've talked about the pathway to radicalization and some serious stuff. Is there anything that we can leave our viewers with that's hopeful uh, beyond just being aware of this going on? Is there something uh, that you can give them as kind of something to grab onto? Well, I think, I think there's a sort of civics program that needs to be encouraged. I think propaganda should be part of civics education. I think we need a literacy in the community. Um, I think there should be investment in that. Um, I sort of ascribe to Jacinda Ardern's sort of um, doctrine of kindness. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's one, it's one of those, you know, it's a bit like what's so funny about peace, love and understanding. It's what <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> um, uh, so I think there's um, there is actually a um, uh, there are strategies for countering the um, the the, um, the the kind of disinformation uh, and ways that um, emphasise um, 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 well the, I think the focus on empathy yeah so I think I think there needs to be an overemphasis on empathy yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, right. And I, I think then there needs to be a, uh, and I think when you're trying, basically there's a there's a there's a there's a now effectively a generation of quite damaged people, mm -hmm. and so the deprogramming or the kind of um, the kind of uh, bringing those people, unfortunately the, the 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 lesser well, the lesson that's likely to have been learned from COVID will be a hard one for those who've lost loved mm -hmm. ones. Yes. And um, and I think um, over time, in, in, through attrition, that will unfortunately sort of bear down on the kind of um, denial of reality that, that that certain sectors of the community are kind of holding on to. And um, uh, that's fairly tragic, but I, 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 in a way, it's it 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 is it is. Um, I think I think uh, as a as a community, um, uh, more broadly in the broader sense, you know, that we need to kind of be operating at a a, a more kind of collective level. Um, sun, the other the other the other key issue for me is that's why I do podcasts or or collaborate in the media or um, is that sunlight is the best disinfectant, and so. Yeah. One of the tasks is to, is to look at all this stuff, which is very complex. Yeah, and it's intentionally complex. It's intentionally obtuse and and um, and opaque, and so it's it's really important to 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 I think explain that clearly in such yeah. a way that people can actually understand what's right. going on. Right. Um, and and to give um, um, you know um, real world personal examples of the impacts that stuff has on people um and in ways that they can engage with so for me that's a sort of project i'm sort of 
on a path with over the last couple of years and will continue to do. And there's partnerships, I think, with um, health groups and, and other groups. The, um, the American Psychiatric Association took a particular interest in the, um, the, the mindfulness apps that are affiliated with the glue, the glue yeah. company and the sort of common investors and board members. So this stuff uh, is, is, is far more pervasive than we realize, and it's going to take some time to clean up. Right. Well, we are so grateful that you spent time with us today. We do hope you join us again, and mm. I'll invite you to our Twitter spaces because it's an opportunity to engage directly with you know, 100 plus people and get the message yeah. out. And um, gosh, I, we're just so grateful that you came to our little show and brought mm. this very important knowledge to us. Yeah, I also think it's important to make fun of the nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, because it is it is, so, it is it is so nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we try to. But they're, they're, I mean, that, this is the other thing. I mean, satire is a good weapon, um, well, and so right. so I I'd encourage you on that path because I think I think um, there are people who 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 you know unbelievably will take some of the stuff seriously. So. Just to point out how how ridiculous and 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 convoluted and, and so speaking yeah, of satire, do, do we have the ability to keep Brent on when we're actually watching the uh, digital descent or no? Because, we should uh, ask. Oh, because hey, we do. Because Brent, we'd like you to stick around while we actually show our digital descent. Let's see if we can pull this off. We've yeah, never done okay. this before. This All is right. going to be very exciting. Speaking okay. of satire, why don't you introduce it, Sean, alien, bug-eyed Connor? Um, I don't know who the, you're talking about. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm a completely anonymized uh, algorithm. Um, <laughs> Are you anonymous, Sean? Just, uh, <sighs> uh, I, I didn't see you in any of the meetings, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a old Monty Python sketch that uh, I cut up um, to make it more relevant for today. So uh, it's not old; it's classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Here it is. What I object to is you automatically treat me like an inferior. Well, I am king. Oh, king! A eh? very nice. And how do you get that? Eh? By exploiting the workers by hanging on to outdated imperialist dogma which perpetuates the economic and social differences in our society. How do you do, good lady? I am your king. Didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self-perpetuating autocracy. Please, please, good people. I am in haste. Who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you, we're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Quiet! I order you to be quiet! Order? Who does he think he is? <laughs> I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings? Well, how do you become king, then? The Lady of the Lake, signifying by divine providence that I want to carry Excalibur. That is why I'm your king. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! But you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up! <laughs> I mean, if I went round saying I was an emperor, 
Just because some moistened bint had loved a scimitar at me, they put me away. Shut up, will you? Shut up. Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up. Oh, come and see the violence inherent in the system. Help, help, <laughs> I'm being repressed, bloody peasant. Oh, what a giveaway. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a classic one. It, absolutely. That is, absolutely. That, is, uh, that is our very, uh, <laughs> very own Alien Connor. Um, but seriously, this, the message that was is... beautiful. Uh, the message was beautiful, humor, satire, kindness, knowledge. That's right. Uh, we, we're just encouraging everybody to learn something, take it back to their loved ones and to stay rad basically. Mm. That's right. Stay you, vigilant. That's right. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, everybody. Cheers. What a show. Love you guys. Wow. Yeah. Hey. Wow. That was, wow. That was a tough one. Wow. Are we wrapping? We're done. Yeah, we're wrapping. I, I just want to thank everybody.